afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference today. I'm Kimberly Shirk. I'll be your moderator for today's show. I am joined, as always, by co-authors Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. They are our experts on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can really make a difference in your organization. So today's topic for discussion is Empower Your People. It's described in Chapter 24 of Managing to Make a Difference. We launched that book this spring, and it's getting some great traction, so we hope you pick up a copy for sure. But today's topic is really interesting to me from a variety of angers, angles, or angers, I guess. Yes, I don't uh, know if you want to be angry about it. Does, does anger come in varieties? <laughs> hey, empowerment okay. inspires emotion, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, that's exactly right. So we'll just jump right in. Larry, an intriguing story in the book that might just kick us off nicely. Would you like to start us off? Uh, sure. This, uh, I just I just want to make an introduction, and then I'll, I'll tell the story. There... Managers have many, many reasons why they don't want to empower their people. And let me be clear, the way we're using the word empower is the, the people are being granted the authority to make a decision and take action without seeking permission from anyone. When we say empowerment, that's what we're talking about. And, and managers are often afraid of this because they can't give up their accountability. They, they're still accountable even if they, they empower other people to make these decisions. So they don't wanna give up control because they're accountable. Uh, they don't believe that their employees have the necessary knowledge, experience, or judgment to make the right call. And uh, sometimes they're even concerned that employees will commit malfeasance. And, and all of the reasons for not empowering somebody in the workplace, all of them boil down to lack of trust. And, and I, we can talk about that further, but uh, trust me, that's what's going on here is lack of trust for one of those kinds of reasons I mentioned. So here's a story that shows you the, the uh, absurdity of trying to control things too much. This occurred in a hotel in the stewarding department. Now, the in a luxury hotel, the stewarding department is the group of people who washes dishes, mops floors, takes care of the garbage, and does those kinds of activities. And the head of that department is called the chief steward. And among other things, the chief steward has to order chemicals, the kind of chemicals, the soaps and so forth, that you need to run your dishwashers and get your pots clean and do all those kinds of things. That's just one of his responsibilities. And uh, in order to get a purchase order through to order chemicals, this young man had to get four signatures. He had to have a sign off from the food and beverage director, the director of purchasing, the controller, and the general manager. And one day he asked, and he, he related this story to me. One day he asked the general manager why he needed all those signatures. And the general manager explained that this was for control purposes. We needed to control expenses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's what this was, redundancy of control. Um, and this, the chief steward said, yeah, but I'm the only person who actually has the information to know how much of this stuff we have to order. And the general manager just said, listen, you just 
have to believe me. This is the proper way to control things. And so the next week, he put in an order for 100 times the amount of chemicals that he had ever ordered, ever. And guess what? Everybody signed it. And when that PO came back to him, he went for a, a, another meeting with the general manager. And, and believe me, this takes a lot of courage. This takes a lot of courage. But he went for another meeting with the general manager. He, he put the PO in front of him. He explained that this was for 100 times the amount of chemicals he actually needed. And he said, now, tell me where the control is in this process. We, we can, control is an illusion. So when we're talking about empowerment, in this case, what we would acknowledge is that the chief steward's the only person who actually knows how much chemicals are needed to be ordered. And all these other sign-offs don't add value. And in fact, they slow things down because you've got to get, it's got to circulate among all these people. So uh, when we're talking about empowerment, that's what we're talking about. When people are empowered, things really speed up. And after that, they did, in fact, give him the authority to uh, uh, to order the chemicals without all these sign-offs because they realized that, that the, they were just wasting their time with the sign-offs. Uh, so that's the that's the story, Kim. Kim, when, when you hear this story, and I know that we've discussed this before, uh, you know, what comes to mind in terms of this Steward and his courageous action toward this, his um, maybe slightly uh, sarcastic response to this process. What comes to mind for you, Kim? Yeah, it's unfortunate when it takes somebody kind of stepping into a risky situation with their manager or their manager's managers uh, to prove a point that the controls that they have in place aren't really working and are really slowing things down. You know, in this story, fortunately, it worked out well for everyone. Um, but too often, when employees aren't trusted to have that kind of accountability and to make good decisions, they also lack the trust that if they come forward with this kind of a, an action, that that's going to go well for them. And so then that lack of empowerment just continues to persist and persist and persist. And we see this, you see this frequently as you all see this as you live your lives. You want to bring something back to a department store. You want a refund. And the person who's dealing with you can't authorize it. They have to go get their supervisor. And so you tell your story to the first person you meet in the department store, then they have to go get their supervisor, and then you have to tell the story again to the supervisor before this gets authorized. And this item may be very, very inexpensive. And, and I, I mean, another example is in a restaurant uh, where, you know, something didn't go right and the manager has to come over and says, hey, you know, as a gesture, I'm sorry this went wrong as a, your, your, your food was late coming up. Let me buy you dessert. Now, why can't the waiter buy dessert? The dessert is going to cost them a dollar and a half if it's a really expensive, fancy dessert. I'm talking about their cost, not what it, what it costs on the menu. Uh, the, the, you know, how, how does it feel to an employee when they cannot make a decision 
that cost the organization a dollar and a half, that they might make some they they might make some error there and lose a dollar and a half. I mean, it it doesn't make them feel highly regarded, and it's not it's not enhancing their job satisfaction. It's not enhancing their engagement. And even more important than that, it's not enhancing their ability to serve the customer. Absolutely. When you empower people, they can take action much more rapidly because they don't have to seek any approvals. Uh, and are they going to make some mistakes? Yeah, of course they are. Is the manager going to make some mistakes? Yes, of course the manager is going to make mistakes. So, uh, you know, if we're if the excuse is we can't have them making mistakes, then it can never happen because you can never have an organization run by human beings where mistakes aren't being made. So there's some, you know, we can't uphold a fiction that if we don't empower our people, mistakes won't be made. That's that's just not the case. I'll tell you another uh, story. Uh, I was dealing with uh, a Ritz-Carlton Hotel and we were installing some new practices and I had some salespeople in there. These were people who sold conferences. And from time to time, these salespeople want to send a guest an amenity, such as a, a bowl of fruit or a bouquet of flowers, those kinds of things. These amenities, let's say they cost the hotel maybe $25 if they're really, really high-class amenities. And they always, it's always comes up at the last minute. And in this hotel, the sales people had to get three signatures in order to send this $25 amenity. Now, understand something. These people are charged with generating the revenue that pays everybody's salary. They have major, major responsibilities, but the hotel didn't trust them to send a $25, that they had the judgment to send a $25 amenity. And it sucked up a lot of their time, took them away from selling while they had to get all these signatures. Because as I say, it's always at the last minute. So you have to walk that PO around and get those signatures on there. And we computed that if they were empowered to make this $25 decision, we would put back more than 600 productive hours of selling time in that particular hotel. Uh, it, it was easy to make some assumptions about how frequently this happened, about how long it took to walk the PO around, et cetera, et cetera. It, it wasn't difficult to get a credible number as to the amount of productive time that this sucked up. And once, once they were empowered to do that, all of that productive time was put back online doing things that added a lot more value. So based on our conversation so far, two questions managers could ask themselves that might shed a lot of light for them. One, what kinds of complaints that I get from customers, what kinds of misses on customer service could I avoid if my people were more empowered to make the decision in the moment with the customer? Two, how would I be able to improve productivity and decrease the amount of time it takes for us to achieve our goals by giving people more authority to make the decisions with the information that they are best suited to use to make those decisions? Those are great questions. I mean, I think we're really talking about giving latitude 
to your employees who are closest to the action, right? Um, you don't want to hamstring them with um, procedures and processes that are not moving you forward, but that are rather just taking up the time. So it's a really great concept. It's a really great topic for us to be discussing today. We're going to take a quick break now. Um, I do want to re- remind you that um, you can purchase these copies of Managing to Make a Difference. In every chapter, you're going to find a lesson and you're going to find an exper- experiment right there that you can put into play right away and then even give us some feedback on how that works out for you. So we want to encourage you to do that and buy the buy the books for your entire team too. So we're going to talk more on empowering your people and what it means to give them that latitude and the ability to make those decisions when they're closest to the action um, when we come back. So we'll take a quick break and be right back with Managing to Make a Difference. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. Our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real, live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Welcome 
Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. Make sure you visit our website at managetomakeadifference.com. You'll find additional materials there and exercises that go along with all of the things that we're talking about on each of these podcasts, as well as information you need to order books for yourself or for your team there as well. So we've been talking about empowering your people, and we left last segment really talking about latitude for decisions closest to the action, and two key questions that managers should really be asking themselves. One, what kinds of misses on customer service are you missing out on by not allowing that empowerment? And two, in order to improve productivity and then really decrease the time, the amount of time that you need to get to those goals, what exactly do you need to do and how do you need to do it? So what do those questions bring to mind for you, Larry? Well, actually, we we can get to talking about what you need to do and, and how you can do it. But I just want to emphasize that when employees are not given the authority to make decisions and take action, this is communicating to them, whether you like it or not, lack of respect. It's communicating lack of trust. And the, the manager, and, and as I say, sometimes these decisions are, are literally $5 decisions that they can't make. And, and uh, we, we, were, we were talking, our, our engineer A-Rod brought up a terrific uh, point about really making sure people can do what's necessary to take care of the customer and make the customers happy. And in so many organizations, uh, employees are told, you are accountable for making the customer happy, but then they're not given the authority to make the decisions necessary to actually make the customer happy. So that's a, that's a major disconnect, and, and people in that disconnect leads to disengagement. Uh, and it leads to they can't take ownership of the work because you're not giving them ownership of the work. Ownership is still in the boss because the boss gets to make that decision. So... Uh, it's it's uh, really uh, it's debilitating to people when they're not allowed to make decisions, and and so the the sixty four thousand dollar question that Kim Turnage asked and Kim Shirk just repeated the sixty four thousand dollar question is how do you get started? I'm going to tell you how to get started, and if you really understand and visualize my advice, it's going to frighten you. And here's my advice. The people who report directly to you, ask them the following question. What decisions do you have to run by me? Do you have to seek approval for? What decisions are you fully competent to make right now as we're standing here and the place would run better if you could just make those decisions and take the action? And then let them write those things down. And the second part of this advice is you have to have a bias toward giving them the authority. Once they say that, give them the authority. And if it's a situation where you're worried that they don't have the requisite knowledge in order to make the decision, then give them some training. Equip them with the requisite knowledge to make the decision. And when they make a wrong decision, they shouldn't get reprimanded. They should just get coached in a very positive way. They should get coached. They shouldn't worry that they're going to get reprimanded. I, I want to talk about 
the situation that existed when I was with Ritz Carlton 20 years ago. We had a policy that each employee, when they were dealing with a guest, each employee could spend up to $2,000 to make that guest happy. And that's not $2,000 per year. That's $2,000 per transaction without checking with anybody. And then once they made a decision, if they had to spend some money, there, there, were, there were some forms they had to fill out to say, here's, here's, here's what the situation was, here's what I did, so that everybody would be informed after the fact that they had made this commitment on behalf of the hotel. And people did occasionally, nobody, nobody made you know, decisions like, my toast was burned, I demand, you know, something and the employee says, great, we're going to buy you a new Mercedes. You know, nobody made stupid decisions. Honest to God, nobody made a stupid decision. There were people who maybe could have made better decisions. And all we did was coach them. And people were astonished because what happened was the first person you talked to had the authority to do whatever was necessary. You didn't have to talk to a supervisor. You didn't have to tell your story more than once. That employee standing there could resolve it for you and could ask if you were happy. So there, there were a few times when we wanted to coach people, but I was in a, I was in a position, it so happened I was a general manager with Ritz-Carlton, and I was in a position to assure my, my employees, if you make a decision on behalf of a guest, we are going to fulfill it and you are going to be backed. You do not have to worry about getting reprimanded. I would, I would rather you made a decision in the moment to make the guest happy than worry about it and don't make the decision. Uh, I had uh, numerous situations like that and I will tell you something, it made a huge difference with the guests. When, when uh, in fact, we got on the front page of USA Today because a guest was checking out and in the normal course of checkout, people say, how was your stay? And this particular guest had uh, a complaint about his stay. And the desk clerk refunded several hundred dollars of his money right on the spot because uh, this didn't go the way the guest wanted it to go. And it so happened this guest was a reporter for USA Today. And he wrote an article that appeared on the front page. He took a photo of the desk clerk. So we actually not only had an article in USA Today, but it, it accompanied a photo. And it was above the fold on the front page. And, and uh, that's how astonishing it is when people are given the authority to make a decision and take action without consulting anyone. That's how astonishing. And this was this was at least 20 years ago. So maybe it's not so astonishing now, but I, I think it's less common than it ought to be. And another point I want to make is that this applies at all levels of the organization. So you're a supervisor or you're a manager, you're listening to this podcast, you may be able to answer that question for yourself. What decisions am I fully competent to make right now that I have to get approval for? And if I were talking to the top person in that organization, I'd say any, any decision that requires more than two people to sign off on it, 
you need to reconsider your process. I mean, I get there are some things that you want multiple sign-offs because there is the danger of collusion and fraud, and and it's naive to be too trusting of of people. I do get that. Uh, but more than two, maybe you do need more than two, but I would ask the question, anything that needs more than two signatures, why don't you ask yourself the question, are these additional signatures really adding a lot of value? It strikes me that one thing to consider is um, who you select into your organization in terms of the trust factor and how much latitude you have. Uh, Because I would gather that some employees have built automatic trust and they may be top performers and they may exceed and excel at everything that they do and others may even come from a background, say they're straight out of school and their checklist of things needs to be checked off and they, they want more of a hands-on management style. So so when you consider different types of performers within your organization, is there a way to handle them differently or is it straightforward, empower everyone? Well, you can empower everyone and then there are people who aren't comfortable making the decision at this particular point in their learning Mm-hmm. And of course, you want to be receptive to those people, and you want to, but you want to help them learn how to make the decision, and you want to make sure that they are completely unconcerned about getting reprimanded if they make a mistake. So even if they're a novice, make a decision. Use your judgment. This is Nordstrom's entire employee handbook, right? Rule number one: use your best judgment. Rule number two, if you're unsure what to do, see rule number one. Uh, that's that's so deeply ingrained in the Nordstrom. Contain. The, you're an adult. You're a human being. Use your judgment. The hotel or the business is not going to sink into the ground if it so happens you don't make the absolute best decision you can make. But what you have done is make the customer happy. And that overshadows everything else. So you have to get people comfortable. And you know, they can come to you if they, if they want to. Kim, thoughts um, before we go into our next break on just, um, well, just everything we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a lot of things come up um, about parenting and, and also, you know, about, as Larry was saying, you have to meet people where they are and, and know what they need to learn to be able to be fully empowered to make those kinds of decisions. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit when we come back. I think that sounds like a great idea. Uh, you know, I always lean on parenting examples, so I have a few popping into my head as well. We'll, we'll check that out and examine that um, and, and some more opportunities to think about how you are able to empower people when we come back. But before we take a quick break, we just want to remind you that we love to hear from you. We love to hear your comments, your thoughts, what is being impressed upon you as you read through this book. And so please let us know if you have a question or a comment. You can just simply click that email host button just above the podcast description, and we'll be able to work those topics into our upcoming podcasts. I think we have a few of those even later to share. So we'll look forward to that. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Managing to Make a Difference. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. 
When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. How is your business running? It should be running smoothly with nary a hiccup, like a finely tuned machine. But if you're like most businesses, yours may be running nowhere close to that. Listen for Operationally Speaking with your host, Sergio Samel. Our program will help you to run your entrepreneurial business easier, better, with less frustration. And by running it well, you're sure to be poised for faster growth. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back, and thanks again so much for joining us this afternoon for Managing to Make a Difference. We've been talking about Chapter 24 in the book, Managing to Make a Difference, entitled Empower Your People. And it's just one of these chapters. You can order your copies today on managetomakeadifference.com for yourself or your entire team. If you want to brand them for your company, for a company event, or say you have a management program and this is a gift at the end, you can even have your own brand put on the book jacket if you go to 800ceoreads.com. So I encourage you to check that out. So we've been talking about empowering your people. We've been talking about encouraging your people so that they don't think that they will be reprimanded for making a decision that they think is wise in the moment. And um, Kim, right before the break, we talked a little bit about how parenting um, can even kind of weave its way into this. So I'm, I'm curious, which parenting stories are jumping to mind for you? <laughs> well, there are so many, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, but one of the earliest opportunities 
that I remember um, to give my children a sense of empowerment was allowing them to dress themselves, which, you know, as a parent is a little risky sometimes because depending on where you're going and what you're doing, you never know what you're going to get. But they are little people who are capable of making that decision, and as long as you can not care too much, it's fine. No one else cares. <laughs> and you can coach them on, well, if we're going here, what you think might be better, but ultimately you can let them make that decision. And when you allow them to make those kinds of small decisions that don't have huge consequences, and they are able to do so successfully, they gain confidence in their own ability to make decisions, and you gain confidence in their ability to try things that maybe have a little more consequence. And that's how parenting works. And furthermore, you can start teaching them how do you make this decision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, my side, so my oldest son is in... I'm sorry, Kim? I, I, was gonna, I said it provides all these coaching opportunities that would yeah. not otherwise exist. Absolutely. My oldest is doing driver's ed this week, and it is interesting because he was more apprehensive than I was for him to be behind the wheel. And so uh, just thinking what comes to mind for me is just that each day I said, before you go to driver's ed, I want you driving with me. So you're driving with someone you know rather than a stranger at first. And he was able to route out where he felt comfortable going, and every day we would he would kind of map it out, and, I, and he'd say, what do you think about going here? And i say, that's your decision. You know, we'll go wherever you want. At some point, I want to get you into the traffic. <laughs> and so, and and just seeing that development, even in the past three days, has been really um, just confirming, just just to know that they, they do have confidence, and they can make those decisions. And, and I think that's the same with the workplace. You know, I... Um, I happen to be a different age than several people on my team. And as I watch them grow and think about where I was in my life, because I'm older than them at a certain point in time, and the confidence I had or did not have at some point in my career, um, and how that grew for me, I'm able to more able easily relate to them and and enable them to think through things and ask questions so that they get there themselves. And I think that's just a microcosm of what managers do every day. And great managers really do that. They open those doors for people to take those steps themselves. Well, you know, I want to add that empowering people has numerous benefits, which we, we actually haven't enumerated them in this podcast, but things happen more efficiently uh, I'm going to talk about, uh, if we have time, I'm going to talk about how the pace of change increases because people are able to implement improvements without getting all kinds of uh, uh, approvals. Um, the, and people are growing, and that's what uh, the two Kims are talking about here. People are growing because they're given the authority to make a decision, and this is how learning occurs in the real world. A person makes a decision and takes an action, and then the universe responds. You take an action and you either get rewarded for that action, you get punished for that action, or it gets ignored. And I I know there's some nuances there, but that's the big picture. And so when people have the authority to make a decision and take an action, they learn something, as opposed to somebody saying to them, no, 
do it this way. They learn nothing. And this also applies, by the way, when you're teaching somebody a skill. If you hover over them while they're trying to execute this skill, whatever it might be, and they're having a moment of indecision, I've seen too many coaches, managers, teachers hop in there and say, do this. And that's what prevents learning. Because right there, when somebody is struggling to make a decision about what do I do next, that's when the learning occurs. And you have to control yourself and not interrupt them so that they make a decision. And once they make that decision, they're going to learn something because they're either going to get rewarded, they're going to get punished, or they're going to get ignored. I, I, I'll tell you this little story about a, a young girl who was, I don't know, maybe five or six. Uh, I don't really remember. How old, how old is a child when they first know how to spell their name? How old is that? Four, four or five. Okay, four or five. So she was four or five. She was visiting our house. And this was years ago uh, when computers weren't quite as, quite as ubiquitous as they are now. Uh, but she had learned to type her name on a keyboard. And so she asked if she could sit down and use our computer and type her name. So I called up a document and, and you know, she started typing her name. And because she was four or whatever, her coordination was a little off and she missed and typed the wrong letter. And she could see that on the screen. She looked down at the keyboard. She looked up at the screen. My wife was standing right next to me. We were just watching. And she knew that there was a back button on this keyboard, but she didn't know where it was. And so she started trial and error. She would hit a key and she would look, oh, it typed another letter, okay. Uh, she'd hit a key and she would look, oh, it typed another letter. After she did that about three times, my wife was about to step in and tell her where the back button was. And I grabbed her arm and I said, don't you dare. She's going to find it. Let's just stand here. And it took her a while. She had a lot of letters on that screen before she found the back button. But she'd, she'd take a shot. She'd look at the screen. She'd take another shot. She found the back button. And then she knew that she could keep hitting the back button to get back where she was. I assure you, she will never forget where that back button was. But she wouldn't have learned a thing if my wife had stepped in there and said, the back button's right here. And this is empowerment. We empowered her to make her decisions, see the outcome of those decisions, and, and then make another decision based on what she saw. And that's so learning and growing is one of the most important outcomes when you empower people. This is how you're going to prepare people for that next job in their career. You're going to get them into a place where they have that confidence. They've made decisions. They've gotten feedback from the universe about what happens when they make the decision. And. When they make a good decision, they get that, that feeling like I did that, that feeling of uh, autonomy. Um, there's another word I'm looking for. I, I, I can't think of it. But when you take action in the world and it works 
and you you have that satisfaction of I did that 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 good outcome is attributable to me and the more you empower people the more frequently they get that aspect of satisfaction well and that's a key element of effective teaching as well what you're talking about is you know one of the hardest things to learn as a teacher is to ask the question and then wait for the answer Um, because you ask the question you know where you want them to go you don't appreciate always what it takes to get to the answer and that in that silence and in that space is where all the learning happens and you have to let it happen yeah I'm intrigued by the thought of what happens when you don't empower people. And I think that's something that we should explore. Maybe maybe you have a couple of quick thoughts and then we can come back and even explore it more. Sure. In terms of, oh, quick thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. It, it destroys their morale. They become disengaged because they don't own any outcomes. You might tell them they're accountable for pleasing the customers, but they know they can't make decisions necessary to please the customer, they know it's you. And they don't they don't try to do necessarily their best work because they know you're watching. You're gonna correct it. It's your decision. It's it's your you, you own it. They don't own it. And there's no way to be engaged when you're doing that. So th- this uh, this strategy of empowerment among all the other benefits we're talking about really drives engagement. Well, All right, we're going to take have different. Oh, go ahead. I'll come back with that later. You sure? Yeah. All right. We're going to take another quick break really quickly, and we'll come back with Kim's thoughts in terms of engagement and what it means when you don't empower your people and maybe some danger signs for the managers on our line who are overseeing some people. So we'll be right back. We'll take a quick break and um, see you in just a minute. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Ask to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference. We've been talking about empowering your people. That comes from Chapter 24 in the book, Managing to Make a Difference, and we hope you'll pick up a copy here today. Um, some of the things we've been talking about are the, the benefits of empowering your people in terms of efficiency, a rapid pace of change, and, and just the growth model for people. And then we took kind of a different spin and said, what are the dangers of that? And, and really, we ended last segment talking about the fact that you might not have any engagement because people do not just own that agency, that, um, that desire to own the, um, the empowerment that they are given. So, Kim, Kim, we left you kind of there hanging with a thought. I'd love to hear what you had to say. Yeah, I was I was going to refer back to that idea of parenting and that in parenting there's this progression from, you know, making all the decisions for someone, telling them exactly what to do, to allowing the child to make their own decisions and knowing and feeling confident that they can. And as a human being has made that progression and then they enter the world of work, if they start in a place where they have everyone telling them what they have to do and they have no empowerment, they have no ability to make a decision, they have no agency, how does that feel? And beyond that, how does it feel when they've been there three or four years and nothing has changed and they still don't have any agency and they still don't have any decision-making ability? Um, We have to do better for people. Yes, and what we can conclude if they've been there three years and nothing has changed is, unfortunately, they don't have a good manager. Because a good manager is going to coach people, is going to want to help people grow. And in this case, part of that is going to be that empowerment, giving them that authority so they have that feeling of agency. Yeah, Kim. I mean, Kim, you were a journalist. And what did it feel like the first time you got to tell your own story in your own way? Uh, You know, that's a great question. I... um... I think I have always been a person who thrives on um, empowerment and, um, and, and having a manager that supports that. I actually shut down dramatically if I have someone micromanaging me or overseeing my every detail of every word. And so um, from a journalist perspective, uh, I took that very seriously. I mean, I, I, um, I would argue that many journalists that hold the title today may not have earned the title of journalist in my mind, which in term, 
in terms for me means that you have checked your sources, that you're being truthful, you're being honest, you're presenting all sides of the story. And I'm not sure everybody embraces the journalist title that's, like that. That's, that's old-fashioned journalism. I know, it, I it, know. In today's world, you don't have to do anything of that sort. You just blurt out whatever you want. <laughs> that's right. But in my day, uh, and in my mind still today, uh, you have to hold true to those. So it was more about telling someone else's story and how empowered I felt when I felt like I had given the complete story and um and there there does come a lot of power when you can edit people's words and edit the pictures that go along with words and i think it's a slippery slope if you don't have someone with pretty high ethics and and um integrity in that role and i think we see some of that today but i i do think of um truth and and honesty and integrity um and so with that empowerment you have to embrace the role of um, facilitating um, a truthful story too. So that's what comes to mind for me when I think about journalism. Well, that makes me think that again, as you asked earlier, it's super important to make sure you have the right person in the right job because they have to be well suited for that level of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And we haven't talked about what's in it for the manager to continuously increase the empowerment of the people who report to him or her. What's in it for the manager is it frees up your time. So you can now, because you're not having to control everything and you're not having to watch everything, your time is freed up to work on bigger picture issues. Uh, Perhaps a process improvement project with uh, another department, perhaps uh, getting some empowerment from your boss and learning some of the things that your boss currently knows so that you can prepare yourself for your next promotion. And, and so in addition to your department running better, uh, there are some very specific things in it for a manager to empower people because it frees up his or her time so they can progress in their own career. So I would, I would like to just point out here, again, I want to highlight the benefits of empowerment. It, it, when you empower your people, and it's, it's a continuum, by the way, it isn't, empowerment is not either or. You don't go and say, this group of people is empowered and this group of people is not empowered. It's always a matter of degree, and that, that matter of degree can keep progressing. Just like with your children, you know, you give them certain decisions when they're when they're four or five, they can dress themselves and you give them other decisions and there, there's an art there. There's, there's times when you say to your child, you're not ready to make that decision. And there's times when the child might be hesitating, but you know they are ready and you push them and you say, I'm, you have to make the decision because you're ready to make this decision and you push them. And there's no formula that can tell you for any given situation, is it time to push them? on that or is it time to say nah I don't think you're quite ready that's the art of parenting but it's also part of the art of managing but there but there's an analogy there because it's all about continuously uh, empowering someone to start making decisions and in the case of your child it's to start making decisions as an adult so I I just wanted to summarize here are the benefits empowerment accelerates change which is supremely important in today's world, uh, it, it raises the level of job satisfaction, it raises the level of engagement, uh, and people are growing at a more rapid rate. 
And as a result of all those things, it's going to improve your retention of good people. Kim, final thoughts on empowering your people before we get to one um, comment that I wanted to share from an episode we pre-recorded earlier this year. I think we could sum it up with this. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I like it. I like it. I wanted to share this comment that we received over LinkedIn. Actually, Kyle, my co-moderator that you may hear on every other week on the show, received this comment from a listener, and I wanted to share. As I'm working today, I'm listening to the Help People Self-Actualize podcast. I'm smiling as I listen to you describe the talent-spotting example of your son. My 11-year-old daughter could have been described in the same way in kindergarten. When her teacher asked her what her favorite part of kindergarten was at the end of the school year, she was the only kid who said math. It is completely worth seeing her excel in her element. Best wishes on your journey with your math kiddo. Kind regards. And that's from Carrie. And we just wanted to share that. We just wanted to encourage you all to to let us know um, your thoughts, your questions, um, things that we don't cover that you'd like for us to cover. We are happy to work those into future podcasts. And again, you can just click that email host button right above the description of the podcast, and we will get those on in a future episode. But we thank you so much for joining us today. Larry, Kim, final thoughts as we wrap up? Uh, as Kim said, just do it. Here's, here's, here's a final thought. Control is an illusion. So keep that in mind. And you've got to give up control. If you want to progress in your career, you've got to give up control. Kim, any final thoughts? I think we've nailed it today. All right. Just do it. I like that. And um, it's encouraging to those um, that you're overseeing and managing to help them to think about how they can um, be fully engaged by just embracing what they know to be right decisions Um, on an everyday basis without processes to slow them down. So thanks again for joining us this afternoon for Managing to Make a Difference. Remember to visit managetomakeadifference.com to find other resources and a place to buy the book. We hope that you'll be sharing them with all the people in your life, and we hope that this helps you move your organization and propel it forward in a more efficient and more effective manner every week. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.